if you are tired of disagreeing with people and excluding people for the sake of protecting a viewpoint, this episode is for you. If you're ready to do something radical to show love to the people that you love, this episode's for you. If you want to know how to sincerely love people without giving up your own personhood or position, this episode is for you. Hi, my name is Gabe Kolstad. I am here to talk to you about some midweek motivation. With Westside Community Church, I want to talk to you about how you can love people without agreeing with them. And I want to give you a few kind of thoughts today that are super, I think, important in understanding how we have relationships in this world, because too many people are sort of in their own bubble. I mean, that's that's the hard part about the times that we live in. We're so divided. There's all these lines and boxes and bubbles that people live in, and we're all looking for people that just agree with us. And the reality is, if that's how we live our lives, we have super shallow relationships and we never actually get stretched by anybody or any viewpoint that might challenge what we currently think. It doesn't lead to maturity. It doesn't lead to betterment. It leads to uh, more of the same. It leads to isolation. It actually leads to arrogance. And we're not headed that right direction if we want our lives to be better, if we want to enrich the world, make the world a better place, grow ourselves you know, be people who can make a contribution. We need to be around people that we don't agree with, but we need to know how to do that agreeably. Uh, we got to stop dividing. On Sunday at our church service at Westside Community Church, we talked about uh, the fact that we've been included in God's family. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you didn't catch that episode, maybe you're not a faith person or a church person, you can still go back and listen to our episode we talked about that you've been included in this. You've been uh, placed in a family of friends. And uh, I want to I want to kind of repeat one thing that I said, and that is this, that people's criteria for community keeps on getting higher and higher. And as a result, our circles keep getting smaller and smaller. And if we keep on this path, what we're going to end up with is everybody living on their own island, completely isolated from each other. And if you think about the words of Jesus Christ himself, he depicted very vividly a place called hell, and he described it with one very prominent feature, which is total isolation. And so the question is, are we looking for heaven on earth or hell on earth? Because if we keep pursuing only relationships with people that we agree with, we're actually headed toward more of a hell on earth than a heaven on earth. And so I want to talk to you about how then do you get past this bubble that you might feel that you need to protect, or you know, you're in this relationship, you have this this person that you're dealing with that you totally disagree with, but you do feel called to love them. How do you do that? I shared the story this last weekend of my wife and this encounter we had with this woman, Sherry, in Seattle. We're from Portland, Oregon. That's where our church is located. That's where we live as a family. And we took a train ride up to Seattle this past weekend to visit a friend. And we bumped into this lady who happened to get our attention on the streets of Seattle in the evening when it was pouring down rain and it was cold. And, you know, it was almost like God opened up this opportunity for us to talk to this lady, Sherry. My wife was very sensitive to the opportunity. And so we actually walked her into a store and bought her a pair of shoes. And she was so grateful. But the whole thing was really surrounded by this awareness that Sherry and us did have something in common, namely that we're human beings (laughs) and that we both, we all have feet. 
And hers happened to be very cold, very wet, and very hurting. And she needed some new shoes. And so there was something about that moment that just kind of transcended all of our ideological differences, maybe our viewpoints about politics or finances and all kinds of things. And we just kind of came to that one place of going like, wait, you're a human being as well, made in God's image, important to our creator. You have the same experiences that we do of pain and suffering and joy and laughter and all these things. And it was just this great connecting moment around something that is so simple, shoes, feet, a body, pain, you know, relief, those basic things. And I think sometimes we, we're looking for agreement on the finer points of theology or the finer points of our philosophy or whatever it is that we hold dear. But when we box people into those little corners, again, we end up with just this very small circle that ends up super shallow of people that we just agree with completely on everything. And so I want to give you today a little bit more that will help you and me to take the next step in our conversation with people that we maybe don't agree with. I want to start with the words of Jesus from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. And just listen as I read some scripture. Now, maybe reading the Bible is new to you. I want to give you just an opportunity just to soak this in. You don't have to remember it all. You don't have to study it. But just think about what Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 6. He said, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. He says, pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, after offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. This is Jesus talking. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies, Jesus says. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Jesus really gets to the heart of the issue by creating an extreme in that statement. He's like, don't just love people who disagree with you. Oh no, take it a step further. Love your enemies, people who are actively opposing you in a physical way sometimes. And he's like, how do you love those people? How do you love people not just who disagree with you, who maybe are even opposing you? And you might have some people like that in your life. I think he nails it on the head at the end of that passage when he says, you got to be compassionate. In other words, you got to with passion, with emotion, with empathy for the person by looking at their situation and going, hmm, I wonder what it might be like to be in their position. I wonder about what it might feel like to have grown up how they grew up, or to have been taught what they were taught, or experienced what they experienced. And just to pause for that moment and ask that question can do so much for our relationships. It can enrich us And it can give us an opportunity to influence people um, just for the sake of love, you know, just for the sake of reflecting God's own feelings toward another human being. 
And so I want to give you three thoughts, okay, that can help maybe just as you're having your next conversation or you're even thinking about another person that disagrees with you, how do you love them? Well, first of all, number one, agreement is not a prerequisite for love. Jesus didn't say, love the people you agree with. He, he went to the extreme. He goes, no, love your enemies. And when he said love, he was talking about a verb, an action word, something that's beyond just emotion or beyond intellectual uh, assent. He's saying, no, I want you to do something about the fact that you say you love them. I want you to inconvenience yourself for people who you don't agree with, who in fact disagree with you, who in fact oppose you. And so agreement has never been a prerequisite for love. It's not like God loved us because we agreed with him. No, no, no. The Bible says, no, he loved us while we were still sinning. I mean, and in many times in my own life, while I've still been going the opposite direction that I know God wants me to go, he still loves me. And so I think what we have to understand is that love is primarily a demonstration of our commitment to another person, regardless of their viewpoint. This is where it really opens up to great relationships, great conversation, great stretching. I've learned so much from people that I disagree with, just in, you know, sitting across a table from them or sitting on a couch in a living room with them, or maybe on the phone or, you know, just driving down the road or walking. I mean, just knowing people who see things completely differently from me and not having to just correct them all the time, not being the teacher in that relationship, but instead trying to take a learning posture to say, Maybe I don't need to agree. In fact, maybe there's something that you know that I don't know. Maybe there's a perspective that you have that I don't have. And so agreement does not need to be there in order for me to love somebody. I can be committed to someone as a friend uh, without them having to think the same things I think about politics or any other number of subjects. So that's important. Agreement has never been a prerequisite for love. So the question you might ask yourself is, am I willing to lay that down and start showing love to people that I don't agree with. And maybe there's probably one particular, you're probably listening right now because there's one particular person who's bugging you to death and you don't know how to have a relationship with them because you want them to agree with you. What if you laid that down and just decided I'm going to love them no matter what they think or how they act toward me? The second thing I want you to know is that motion creates emotion. Most of the time in relationships, we're waiting for emotion to kick in so that we can have some motion. But the reality is that it's exactly backwards of that. Emotion does not create motion. Rather, motion creates emotion. In other words, it is acting loving that creates loving emotions. And if you're in a, in a romantic relationship, uh, you might be in the honeymoon phase. And so you might not realize this yet, but you get out of that honeymoon phase if you've been married for more than two years or if you've you know, got kids who are a little bit older. One of the things you know is that motion creates emotion, that you do something loving before you actually feel that loving emotion. And I think that's important for us to recognize in all of our relationships, even with friends or coworkers or acquaintances or you know other associates, is that it's that, loving action that will want that will make us want to keep doing those loving actions and then they will be reciprocated and we don't do them so that they're reciprocated we 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 should be acting honestly out of a motive that says i've already been loved by god and so i can extend that love freely regardless of the response i can extend that love freely to another human being because they're a human being 
and I don't need a return because I've already got that need filled from above. So I don't need a return to keep doing it. And if they don't return, I can still keep going. I can still love them. I can still be kind to them, even if they're mean to me. Jesus goes, love your enemies. That's a high calling. So motion creates emotion, and we don't have to wait to feel like it to demonstrate love. Here's the third thing. Permission comes before mission. I think this is so important, and please hear me on this. I'm going to say it again. Permission comes before mission. You might say, oh man, I got a person in my life, and, and I'm going to go after them. I'm going to love them, and I'm going to I'm going to show them that God loves them and you know I'm going to I'm going to say things that they need to hear and I'm going to really you know put a pizzazz on showing them God's love or and demonstrating that I love them or whatever but you got to understand permission comes before mission in other words don't go to a place with someone unless they've given you permission because it will only backfire and it's very dishonoring to somebody for you to try to take permissions that they haven't given you and so, as the old sages have said, you know, you earn the right to be heard. In other words, you earn the permission to influence somebody. And you do that by demonstrating trustworthiness and care. And so, the place to begin in a relationship is not to put them in your box of going, like, this is my project. This person disagrees with me. They must be my next project because they disagree with me so much. So, I'm going to go, you know, say things and do things that are loving to them. But the, the place to start is going like, do I even know them? You know, have, do they even trust me at all? Because if I don't have permission with them, I will have no mission with them. And I think that's really important for us to recognize. So don't start with your message, I think is important. Start with the person. You know, what do they even need? Do I even know what they need? Maybe even more importantly, what do they want? Do I even know what they want? These are important questions. And if you're thinking about demonstrating love, how do you love someone that you disagree with, this is the place to start. Go back to the basics here of human relationships, of how God created us and wired us as people to even want to have friends or friendships or relationships, and let's let's get in kind of the shoes of the other person so that we can say, look, you don't have to agree with me on everything for me to be your friend or to show you care. You don't even have to be nice to me, but because I've been created in God's image and you've been created in God's image And because I've got God's love in me, I'm going to show it to you. And I'm going to do that in an appropriate way. This has been Midweek Motivation with Westside Community Church. And I hope it's been just a little help for you in your week this week. Maybe God's doing something in your life. Maybe he's drawing you a little bit closer to himself. Maybe you just got questions you want answered. I hope you'll do two things today. One, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. You can just go like it, subscribe to it share it. I hope you'll share it with three friends who need to hear a positive message this week. And I hope also you'll consider joining us at Westside Community Church for a weekend service where we talk about things that are relevant to your life every weekend. You can find more at westsidecommunitychurch.com. But I hope you have a great week and thanks for listening this week.